It's time for the Fanatics Miami Dolphins podcast on the Fanatics Network. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night, depending on what time of the day it is as you're listening to this episode. Welcome to the Fanatics Miami Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Drew Welch, and this week I am joined with one of my partners in crime and fellow fanatics, Sivak. How are you doing today, Sivak? Woo, slightly sunny in Panama City, man. It's doing, I'm doing really good. How about yourself? Uh, doing, doing the same, living that best life. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. So for those listeners that aren't familiar, this is our fourth quarter edition of the Fanatics Network podcast, where we take a look back at the last week the Dolphins had and try to squeeze it all into 15 minutes. So before we go any further, we would like to mention uh, y'all did a great interview with uh, Shannon Needham. How was that? Oh, that was wonderful. It's actually very cool. She is so nice. She actually sent me a message today thanking me and stuff. I'm like, oh, you're too kind, you know. Um, it was very insightful. We got the opportunity to hear what it's like to be um, the parent of somebody who kind of goes through the draft process and then goes undrafted. And there was it was a roller coaster of emotions you know tugged at our heartstrings or as Jason would say somebody left the door open and dust was blowing in so all of our eyes started watering (laughs) (laughs) oh that is awesome so for those of you not aware Nick Needham is one of the Dolphins cornerbacks he came out he was an undrafted free agent last year and ended up starting as a cornerback later on in the season uh, last year so they sat down with uh, Shannon Needham, his mom, and had a really good conversation. Y'all should definitely check that out after you listen to this episode. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot to get go over. There's been a lot of movement in Dolphins land. So let me go ahead and start the clock. We got 15 minutes. Let the, let's start the fourth quarter. Do it. All right. Condolences. Oh, that's not the right voice for that condolences uh we'd like to give our condolences to ryan fitzpatrick his family his uh mother passed uh away yesterday morning right before the team scrimmage uh coach Flo was seen out there talking to him and we found out later that was what was being discussed and obviously fitz left left practice and i'm sure we'll hear when he makes his return back to the team mm-hmm. i'm sure he'll try and come back as soon as possible and uh it, our hearts go out to him, man, because uh, that, that's tough. And that was actually part of what made yesterday, recording yesterday's episode so emotional was, you know, here we are, we're talking to a player's mother and, you know, literally in the shadow of this happening. So, you know, um, thoughts and prayers out to the Fitzpatrick family. And, you know, hopefully he gets back when he's ready. Yep, that's all we can hope for. I, I don't think, I mean, my mom's still alive right now. I've lost loved ones, but I, I know that would be really tough for me. Agreed. Uh, so what was your next talking point there, Mr. Savak? <laughs> that takes us right into the scrimmage, actually. Um, so 
for people who did, or I, I guess people who didn't check it out, didn't see it, uh, the two teams were headed by our backup quarterbacks, and Rosen's team bested Tua's in the scrimmage. But from what I gathered, neither team looked particularly sharp. Neither quarterback looked particularly sharp. What were your takeaways? I pretty much saw the same thing. There was that pass for a touchdown that Rosen threw that apparently wasn't one of his initial reads. So mm -hmm. the good takeaway from that is maybe he's starting to progress through his reads a little faster and speeding up that clock, which is good for the team as a whole. And that, at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want three solid QBs pushing each other. And obviously we know the future is Tua, but Tua having a good backup, he's going to get hurt. Every QB does, just like Mahomes. So the be better off we are having a strong team to go back and forth. So I believe the final score was it was 10 to 6 or 10 to 7. And they had they actually had the Rosen and Tua up there as the two teams. So the now the other thing we really don't know is obviously there were some players sitting out and then there was some uh there was a player sitting out and we don't know who ended up with which players. So that really throws you off as far as which O-line was gelling, which one had, you know, the backup to the backup of the O-line. You know, we've got 12 O-line players. They're not all going to be on the team. Who got, you know, 10, 11, and 12, and who got one, two, and three? So that makes a pretty big difference. <laughs> Certainly does, not to mention, you know, who, what the, who the receivers were that they were throwing to. It's all up in the air. So this is, this is, of course, one of those things you got to take with a grain of salt. It's just training camps, just practice, and doesn't necessarily mean one thing or the other. But we want to try and glean the positive from them if we can. And one positive that was kind of fun to see is I saw a Twitter post from Brita kind of doing the huffing and puffing uh, emojis because uh, you can see Jerome Baker's pushing him out of bounds uh, while he's in coverage. And while we're discussing that, I think the biggest takeaway from that is Miami wants linebackers that can do both. Coverage, cover a guy like Brita, who is fast. I mean, there's a reason he, everybody says Brita the cheetah, because a dude can straight up go. He is the fastest man in the NFL and has been for the last two seasons. So when we look at that and then examine what also happened this week, we had a trade. Raquan McMillan was traded to the Raiders for a fourth round pick. The Raiders received a fifth round pick and Raquan McMillan. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? Uh, I think we had determined that Raquan was kind of on his way out anyways. Now, whether that's just because he was too far down the depth chart or he just wasn't a good fit for the defense. Either way, he was on his way out and it's much better to get some value for him as opposed to just releasing him because I mean that was kind of where it was headed and he's headed into a, he's in a contract year anyways so it worked out it's nice to see us get something and it's pretty cool I mean yeah we gave up a fifth round pick but we got a fourth so kind of a net gain uh, a lot of it kind of depends too on how the teams end up now in my opinion I think the Dolphins picks going to be much later in the round and the Raiders picks probably going to be a lot earlier in the round and that being the case they're kind of the same. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a little bit more. Well, it could be a little bit more of a jump. Who yeah. Knows? I mean, because, I mean, they're taking on Raekwon McMillan, who, like you said, is in a contract year. He is great at stopping the run. Hmm. 
but they're in Patrick Mahomes' division. So the run's not really what they need to be worried about. <laughs> yeah, they just run enough to open up the pass for Mahomes. I mean, that's all they do. And even if you even if you stop that run, you still got to stop Mahomes on Mahomes on his feet. Right. I like mean, it, it has it has less to do with their running backs and more to you. You should be concerned with with your Tyreek Hills and and Sammy Watkins and all of them. You know. Exactly. I mean, because that arm of Mahomes, I mean, a receiver can take off. He could be sneezing on one foot on his way to the ground and still launch a thing 80 yards. <laughs> I know. It's incredible. He did one of those crazy uh, drifting to his left, whipping the ball down the field during practice. I don't know if you caught that on Twitter. I, but I didn't see that one. This man is surreal. He's, he's a cheat code and a superhero wrapped into one. It's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. So that's what, you, that's what they should be trying to stop. But, I mean, I guess if you can stop the run that does something for you, I don't know. Maybe they just want to take away that option so it's one thing shirt up. But either mm -hmm. way, at least the Dolphins walked away with a, a better pick than they had. So that leaves them with two first, two seconds, a third and two fourths in the first four rounds of next year's draft after all the talent they added this year. Not bad. So the rebuild continues. Good gosh, they're going to build a nice roster. At least one can hope. See, I, I do have, I do have faith in Greer. I know there's a lot of people, a lot of question marks and everyone's curious and, you know, like, well, he was a part of these last few drafts. And now, especially considering now we've seen, we, I think we have, one or two players left from the 2017 draft something like that and yeah. one of them is isaiah ford and he was a seventh round pick yes and i think greer did get more control over the later round picks and the first round picks were controlled by uh gase and the the atomic tannin bomb <laughs> tannin bomb <laughs> that's good <laughs> So I guess talking about trades, that takes us into everybody's favorite running back. <laughs> Kalen Balaj was traded to the Jets, to Adam Gase, for a conditional seventh-round pick after the team received Salvin Ahmad off of waivers from the 49ers. Now, I don't know what position that dude plays, but we all got a good laugh out of that because, I mean, anytime you mention Gase, we all have to Miami Dolphin fans. We have to snicker a little bit because I mean, <laughs> I mean that that's amazing. What did he? What did Kalen Balaj average last year? Was it one point seven yards per carry, something like that? Less than two yards. I don't remember the exact number because it changed a little bit towards the back end of the season, but it was still not that great. However, I'm wondering if the trade will go through, being that Balaj may have some problems getting on the plane because he yeah. can't find the hole to enter. <laughs> Oh, 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 goodness. We're going to have to mail him some ointment for that burn, man. <laughs> I, we, we really do wish the best for the guy. It's just all fun here. We don't mean anything personal by it. For those of you, the, 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 whether you're a Balage truther, a Rosen truther, a Tua truther, we're all just here to have a good time and mm -hmm. be, be excited for the Dolphins. So it, exactly. please don't take it personal, but yes, we are going to joke around and because I'm I, sorry. Hey man, he had a rough season. So did. it's like, we, we got to poke a little bit of fun at it, but I guess 
what are your thoughts on that? Because I thought that it was it was pretty neat. I mean, this this is this to me is the mastery of Chris Greer as the general manager. How do you manage to get compensation for a player when you've already announced that you're going to release him? By doing just that, not releasing him yet. You know, they didn't just cut him. They, 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 I believe, told the agent and let them work something out. So we've got a, a move that would normally make me a little bit more uh, scared as far as having a running back go within division because obviously they're going to be a little more motivated to come back and visit us and do their best. But he's sitting behind Frank Gore and – Le'Veon Bell. Yes, Bell. That was the, mm -hmm. the name that was escaping me, who is ultra-talented and completely misused under Jace's offense. Which I guess should come as no surprise. See, yeah. I won't pull, any, won't pull any punches on Gase. I will, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll say we're, we're just joking around with the players, but with Gase, uh, mm. <laughs> yeah. well, he'll, he'll just tell you about his bank account, and that'll exactly. be the end of that. Uh, <laughs> Sylvan Ahmad was actually a running back too, so that's what spelled oh. the end. Okay, that that explains it then. Now, a player that isn't a isn't a running back, but is really a game changer, came back this week in Xavier Howard. He was activated from both the PUP list and the COVID reserve list and was active but did not play in the scrimmage, obviously. He was in shorts and a T-shirt because he just came back after having his third knee surgery. Yeah. But he is back, so it will be By Byron and – Xavier Howard on the field at some point it may be uh, keep in mind that we've got two weeks left to start the season mm -hmm. and he's just getting back into football shape right now he's still got to get acclimated and I mean it's one thing to study the playbook and know the plays and another thing altogether that actually be doing it and know you know have that muscle memory of what you're supposed to be doing and I mean, I, I, I trust he'll get back into, into shape and be ready at some point. I don't know if it'll be necessarily week one, but we are happy that he came back. Um, it's nice because, of course, you heard in the previous weeks, we've all been a little bit worried because, hey, they drafted a corner in, in the first round and we've been picking him up like mad. And so there, there was some worries, especially, I mean, I, I had said the same thing and then it was so funny because then we had that same uh, concern echoed by like, our following three guests all said the same thing. <laughs> so it is a little bit uh, puts us at ease to hear that he came back. That's good. Yes, and it is nice to hear that the Patriots wide receivers and the uh, Jets wide receivers leaders will be Xavier Howard and Byron Jones in the weeks <laughs> coming forward. That's right. Oh, that should be good. <laughs> uh, there were a few other transactions, correct? Um, uh, we saw, uh, Trent Harris came back and Avery Moss, it, was he waived or did he come back? He was brought back. Uh, he, they had both been waived early or, or cut. I believe, I don't think, I, I don't believe they were in their initial contract. So I believe they okay. were just cut and then brought back. I'd have and to then, double check on that. Yeah. So either way they've made a return. We don't know how long that'll be for. And then, of course, uh, the team waived Picasso Nelson and Donnell Stanley. And we did a little bit of research into Picasso, and it seems, you know, he's a corner, and he did some bouncing around from team to team, did not stick anywhere. 
Um, what are your thoughts on those? Uh, first off, I hope now that he's been spurned, he doesn't cut off his ear. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. <clears throat> uh, but, I mean, th- he, he got picked up off of waivers. I believe he was an undrafted free agent. Uh, they brought him in, looked at him for about a month. Uh, I think he's on that list of players that maybe they want slightly familiar with the offense or the defense mm-hmm. so that if they need to give him a call, they can. Uh, Danella Stanley, I think that one actually surprised some people because there were a few reports he was, uh, he was being noticeable here or there in camp. But I think with two weeks left in the season, they're also getting to the point uh, – they will continue churning the bottom of the roster – but I, I do believe they are getting to the point that they would want to have a few extra players there in case they need them. But at the same point, start concentrating on the players that are going to be there. There is no third or fourth preseason game to hold on to guys. So maybe concentrate a little bit more on the Patriots the next two weeks going forward. Yeah. <clears throat> One does have to, they you do have to start looking ahead. It actually reminds me of a, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, they had picked up that former uh, – they had picked up former Atlanta Falcon and Patriot quarterback. I can't remember his name, but you might remember him. Uh, at, you might remember him from a couple seasons back. Um, and that people wondered if that spelled the end of Anthony Gordon in Seattle, but I don't think that's the case. I think he was one of those picks that, that gets made as a scouting uh, scouting mission kind of aligns with something I talked about in a video some time ago too, uh, that the genius of Pete Carroll, you know, brings in guys that are familiar with the offenses that he's going to be having to defend against. And um, I think this is another one of those things in that vein, Danny Etling, that's the man's name. He, uh, <laughs> he played for the Falcons and then he also was originally signed by the Patriots and those happen to be Seattle's first two games of the season. Atlanta and New England. Yep. Yep. Excellent points. And we have hit the end of our 15 minutes of the fourth quarter. We appreciate you listening. Uh, We'll, and we will see you next week. Any last words? Well, we'll go back and do the end. Yeah. Let's, This episode brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy, available in the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Use the promo code FINADICS when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and hashtag prop up today.